Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Doral Davis Jacobson, Chief Executive Officer of Prosper Beyond Incorporated, a specialized healthcare consulting firm in Asheville, North Carolina, and Nancy Robertson, a registered nurse and a healthcare consultant specializing in managed care contracting based in Denver, Colorado. Doral and Nancy are leading the MACRA Readiness Workshop pre-conference at the MGMA AMA 2017 Collaborate and Practice Conference, which is taking place April 9th through 11th in Chicago. They're here with us today to talk a little bit more in depth about the upcoming MACRA Readiness Workshop and to offer some tips and tricks for how you can prepare your practice for MACRA. Um, so first, um, I guess it'd be great to just start with you guys introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about yourselves. Hi, I'm Doral Jacobson, and I am with Prosper Beyond. Um, I specialize in helping physician practices with MACRA and value-based contracting and also revenue cycle. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, and I've been in the healthcare industry for a long time and actually in the consulting world for over 10 years. My name is Nancy Robertson, and I'm a registered nurse and have been working with physicians in uh, Denver, Colorado with for on behalf of managed care contracting efforts. And I too have been working this past several years with MACRA and helping physicians prepare for uh, participation in the quality payment program. Great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what the MACRA readiness workshop um, is all about? What does it really mean for anyone who's interested in participating? So a macro readiness workshop is a, it's a combination of things. It's an educational event where we provide information about MACRA, how it works, what the specific measures are, um, all of the different paths and considerations that practices need to be considering. We um, talk about timelines and we um, actually walk through scenarios so that we help practices understand how to catch many fish with one worm, if you will. So by working on, let's say for example, um, avoidable admissions coming through the ED, picking measures that will help support that effort in a more holistic way, uh, that's really our focus on the macro readiness workshop. So, um, Participants in the macro readiness workshop actually can purchase an assessment and what this is is we actually take quality and resource use data and we analyze that information with a few other pieces of information from a practice and we produce a 20-page report that's really the cliff notes and gives very specific guidance based on the data in the QRUR. Uh, to help as a compass point practices in a direction to work on things that are going to help them in all categories of the quality payment program, not just one or the other. So moving away from that siloed thinking and really bringing a comprehensive, holistic view to um, developing and executing a path for success in the program. Um, so. Obviously, MACRA is on the minds of a lot of people right now. Um, and so it, what are some of the things that um, practice administrators should really be thinking about when they're thinking about um, preparing themselves for, for MACRA and for MIPS and, and so forth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, what we hear is that MACRA is on the, is the most frequently um, 
listed as the most frequent challenge on behalf of physicians in 2017. So I think it's forefront in most people's thinking. You know, and I think that it really takes a team effort within a practice in order to uh, to do well within MACRA, within the quality payment program. And I think practice administrators should really um, build a team and hopefully with their clinicians as well in order to select the measures that are make the most sense for their practice. Some people may have been participating in um, PQRS or meaningful use in past years and basically what MACRA essentially does is combine all of those programs into the quality payment program. So um, moving forward uh, they need to um, select their measures and hopefully chart their their course. You know what Medicare is really termed this year as in 2017 is pick your pace and Dora and I really like to call it the training wheels years and so there's really minimal risk for providers to participate in it and so we encourage providers to basically take a serious look at what's doable for them within the QPP and maybe take on a few extra things because there's no real downside risk for participation in it so it's a great opportunity to put those training wheels on within your practice and submit on some measures and, and see how you perform. The other piece that we hear from the administrators is that this is something that really will take the entire practice to engage in in order to succeed. So it's, it's a, we need to be engaging providers and clinicians in understanding the implications of MACRA and then also the entire team because we have to have everyone rowing in the same direction to really get the biggest bang for the buck and to achieve the scores that uh, you're shooting for because now in contrast to previous programs, we're being graded on the curve. So it's even more critical to maximize all of your opportunities to um, implement and execute in all of the ways that are possible for you from a technology perspective, from an operations perspective, in order to position yourself in the program where you want to be. You know, Dora, if I could add one other thing, too, for practice administrators, so often I think practices look at things as in silos, which is commercial payers and Medicare payers, and I really view them that most of this, all that we're really working on today is moving the system from volume to value, and whether you're dealing with Medicare or commercial payer, many of the same programs are deployed throughout the commercial products. And so I'm thinking that you should blend these things together so that you can develop a value proposition for your practice in negotiations for your commercial payers as well. So I really encourage and we really encourage practices to blend this, this stuff together for both commercial and Medicare products so that they're not thinking of them in silos but really working at them coming at it from one approach. Because after all, that's not how we deliver healthcare. We don't deliver healthcare differently for a Medicare patient than we do for a commercial patient. We deliver evidence-based medicine is what our goal is. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you talk about this a little bit already, but um, you know, there's this, as you mentioned, the idea that this year is sort of training, training wheels or, or that kind of thing. So why do you think it is so important that practices um, really be proactive and do this right now versus kind of pushing it off and waiting until it's you know, more required or more necessary? Change takes a long time to implement. And especially with the quality payment program, in our experience, we have found that many folks have not looked at cost data before. So there's a process of pulling the data, understanding the data, tying the data to your strategy. That's going to take some time. So 
actually, we, it'll take many months to not only understand and discover those things, but then to implement strategies around your findings. So, you know, for example, um, with one of our clients, we found that they perhaps have a clinical coding issue. Their HCCs, or hierarchical condition categories, were a lot lower than what they expected. So there are a whole sequence of events that they need to do in terms of exploring with their vendor what's happening, in terms of making sure that what the clinician believes that they're documenting is making it onto the claim. Um, and so these, all of these things will take time. So this is a great year to flush out your processes and potentially even earn some extra dollars and you're really setting yourself up to succeed long term. Um, one more thing I want to suggest here is that we do hear folks are not as concerned with the cost category. It's weighted at zero. And that's probably one of the biggest um, deficits that we see in terms of knowledge base because we haven't looked at this kind of data holistically before. We can see what's in our practice management system in terms of cost, but this QRUR data gives us cost for the inpatient side and the post-acute care side. So getting your arms around that information will take some time. Um, that's why it's really important to not delay uh, because it will take time to implement, um, implement and execute on strategies that you discover during your learning process in terms of understanding what you want to do in the different categories. And here again, this is where the commercial payer can also tie in because so often um, all of the major managed care payers today severity adjust patient uh, populations for physicians. So, you know, the, a commercial payer can basically determine the cost of care at an individual physician level and a practice level. So here again, Medicare and commercial payers basically having very similar programs. So I think what you find on the cost side, on the Medicare side, will probably be pretty similar to potentially on the commercial side. So it certainly behooves practices to take a look at that now. Do you have any uh, tips for some of the first things that practices should start looking at? What are some of the, the you know, the, the very first steps? So on the, from a macro perspective, the, really the first things to do are, are to, the QPP website actually has a really great tool where you can look at measures by specialty and gain an understanding of what's available. And then also pulling your quality and resource use report. Um, that data is going to be available, I mean right now it's available in the spring and in the fall. And once you pull that information, digesting it, understanding it, and most importantly, sharing that information, um, that's a, a really key step. So those are some of the first things that a practice needs to do. And then really uh, develop a system within the practice to own the various categories for reporting so that you've selected measures and then you have a way to monitor performance. Uh, and so that's going to require internal resources and then external resources. So developing a plan around how you're going to monitor once you select is also one of the first things that practices need to do. Um, and, and what are some of the challenges that, um, that administrators and practices should really be looking out for? Some of the things that they might potentially overlook but really need to be paying attention to? I would say, you know, that they have to have involved physician leadership. 
I think that's really critical to the whole success of the program because the clinicians are the ones, although it's a team effort within the practice to administer or to participate within the QPP and to do well, it really starts with the clinicians. And so I think in clinician involvement and physician involvement is, is key to success within the program. Uh, and another piece that we see is that there's this middle ground where if you're participating in a MIPS APM, which is the circumstance for many providers, your score is the same as everyone in the ACO. So you really are tied to everybody within that entity and understanding what your role is, what information there is available regarding what the ACO's performance is, is really going to be critical. And that's something very important as practice administrators for us to keep our thumb on that pulse. Why would you recommend the macro readiness workshop to a practice, uh, to an administrator or a practice that's maybe on the fence about it? What what do you think um, you guys can provide in that set, uh, setting that's um, useful? Right. So the macro readiness workshop will provide some very tactile guidance and advice and information that's really easy to digest and very practical and tactical because there are, um, and what Nancy and I see very commonly is that folks really do have a lot of the elements they need to be successful. It's just tying all of the pieces together and formulating a plan. So attending the workshop will give you practices the ability to understand what it takes in order to succeed and then to start down the path of developing that action plan so that they have uh, a way to monitor and ensure that they're doing all the things they need to be doing to be successful. And then if the assessment is something that the practice purchases, that just gives them a more, even a more accelerated option in terms of understanding where they're at exactly, and they can define the gaps and understand what their gaps are so that they can readily address those issues and work out and course correct so that they're positioned to succeed um, in the transition year and really positioning for the future and also serves as a mechanism to help them prepare for alternative payment models. Because even if, if you're in one or if you're considering one, understanding your data is key. And what we have just, we've been talking about a lot recently is that on the payer side, the payers know exactly where we are in terms of cost and quality. But as physicians, we have no idea where we are on these grids. And in our uh, assessment workshop, we give a lot of information regarding how that looks and ways to access that information. And if you get an assessment, you'll actually see how that plays out for you and your practice. So it's one of the, it's a really a unique way to understand how you're positioned so that you can make informed decisions um, to succeed and be sustainable in the future. Um, so we've covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about today, but is there anything else that you feel like um, we haven't mentioned that's really important or that you really want, ma want to make sure uh, people listening know? You know, I think that MACRA, the whole thought of it can be overwhelming to practices. And so often when I meet with my clients, they often look at me and just shake their head and their, their verbal bot, their nonverbal communication tells me that they're exhausted. And then verbally they'll tell me, just tell me what you want me to do, Nancy, and I'll do it. So I think that's what the real, the workshop and the readiness assessment does for people, is it breaks it down into manageable tasks for people to implement. Because I think often people are overwhelmed by the entire concept. And 
personally, I think once you go, once you begin to understand it in 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 chunks, um, it becomes much more manageable. Because you know we couldn't ever lose a hundred pounds in a week. It's lost, it's lost slowly, right? So we have to do things in chunks and manage it, um, and take action based on what we can understand at the time. So I, I think it's totally manageable if we break it down into chunks. One more thing I'd like to add is preparation for alternative payment models. If you're not in one or if you're thinking about one or if you're in a commercial contract and you're exploring different measures, using MACRA as a way to leverage and accelerate that process uh, is very helpful. And thinking about it more holistically uh, and understanding what is possible for you will help you set up to be attractive to a payer that you want to have a bundle with. So this is a great way to explore and understand what you need to do to be prepared, which will um, help from a sustainability and an economic perspective in the future for practices. So that's another pickup. Well, thank you guys for talking with me today. Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Uh, to learn more about the MACRA Readiness Workshop pre-conference and about other sessions at MGMA AMA 2017 Collaborate in Practice Conference, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>